Geek is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. I'm Senda, and on today's episode, my co-host Emily and I are returning to the world of Avanti in 5th edition D&D to play a little mini-adventure with Ziva, our large-eared friend. And now we're going to thank some of our wonderful Patreon backers. Master of the Paths of the Dead, Okerstrom. Thank you so much. And Mimosa Vendetta. You don't even need a nickname. It's too good on its own. Thank you so much. And with all that out of the way, we're going to rejoin Ziva as she attempts to prove her love for the beautiful Sylvia that everyone knows. I'm a little bit nervous. We're recording <laughs> in person. <laughs> Welcome to She's a Super Geek. On today's episode, my co-host send Oh, wait, I'm Emily. Yeah, but you don't have to do that part live. We can do that part oh, in post. Fine. I never do that live. I always screw it up. We are playing another round of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Ooh. I will remind you listeners, the safety word is Gygax. <laughs> The reason we are returning to 5th edition is we are running a one PC game with somebody who you might recognize. Senda, do you want to tell us a little bit about your character? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm not even like your co-host or anything today. Well, you told me not to say that. (laughs) You told me that we put that in in post. You said you might recognize. I don't know. It was awkward. Well, no, I mean, you'll recognize the person. This is Senda, my co-host. But the character you might also recognize. So today I am returning. I am reprising Ziva, the elf rogue, Um, our our Robin Hood character, Chaotic Good. She works for the Molly Dancers now. Yes, she does. And, um, you know, lovely, striking red hair, perfectly coiffed ears. (laughs) Coiffed? Quaffed. 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 Both. Perfectly quaffed ears. <laughs> Do they mean different things? <laughs> I don't know. They are, yes, and and I mean they're they're very they're voluptuous ears, but they are entirely natural. Right. Yes. Quotation marks. Natural. Why don't you believe me? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently Arthur has a can trip that can extend them. <laughs> So last time on She's a Super Geek Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, Ziva was paired up with Lord Arthur Kusama, who is a priest of Poseidon. The two of you had an adventure last time. Do you want to bring us up to speed on what that was, Ziva? Yes, we had to go steal a music box. It was a music box, wasn't it? Yes. (laughs) We had to go steal- Gold inlaid with rubies. We had to go steal a music box. Um, from a particular noble family, and um, I ended up having to hide it in my skirts and talk to really boring people for a while. And uh, and we learned a lot about the Merchant Street, <laughs> Street of Merchant Podcasters. Yes, we did. And um, 
Let's see what else. Podcast Alley. Podcast Alley. Yes. And there was some musical dancing. And then there was Sylvia. And then there was Sylvia. Love of my life. (laughs) She won't even look at me. Oh. I mean, she looks at me, but not like I wish she would look. Oh, right. Right. Um, But as the secluded Cyclops did say, Sylvia is not the boss. No. But she is one of the lieutenants of the Molly Dancers. And so she may not be the boss, but guess what? She's your boss. (laughs) Yes. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Yes. And she has a special assignment just for you. But before we get to that, why don't you tell us what you and Lord Arthur have been doing for the uh, for the Molly dancers? Wait, wait, special assignment? Maybe. (laughs) Special assignment. Not that special. All right. Like (laughs) normal rogue special, not like personal special. Damn it. I mean, if you roll really well, I mean, finally, I get, finally I ditch Arthur for one of these things, and she's still just. Well, you've been doing things on and off without him. I know she just doesn't see me the way I wish that she did. She doesn't. I'm sorry. It's okay. So, what kind of tasks has she been uh, sending you on? <laughs> um, actually, one of the things that uh, Arthur and I did together is we had to infiltrate the Queen's court and. We basically infiltrated, um, found some spies, and stopped a plot to um, overthrow the queen. Oh, wow. Yes, that happened. So, break that down for me. What did you do and what did Arthur do? Very vaguely. Uh, He acted as cover by not actually knowing the details of anything that we were doing. (laughs) I told him a little bit, and then I just let him kind of go into the court and, and kind of be Arthur because that's right. who he is and uh but but he brought me brought me along as his companionship and so that got me into the court now i don't know if you've noticed but my ears are particularly <laughs> particularly well endowed yes and um and in our world the larger your elf ears are the more noble you are now that is changing um as the the queen has married a human and her children are half elves, but yeah, currently. They're lovely children. Really too bad about the ears. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but you know, once I have gained entry to court, I, I feel like I can fit in pretty well. You definitely reek of arm candy, though. Yes. Well, but all that means is that no one takes me seriously. So he basically, once he gets me in, he continues to, by being himself, accidentally be a really good distraction mm-hmm. um while i snuck off and and i was able to um i was able to get into some folks chambers oh yes and find some hidden communications and all sorts of things and report specific people um and basically uh yeah yeah you know there's still a queen yeah pretty much because of me single-handedly which I personally appreciate because Queen Rowena is one of my favorite NPCs. <laughs> uh, I mean, I might have had some help from other Molly Dancers, but whatever. It was, it was me. Yeah, that sounds like a bigger operation. than. But yeah, sure. It was you. Whatever, it was me. You did it. Well, and you have uh, definitely gained Sylvia's trust. You have shown yourself to be someone not only who has good, you know, roguish capabilities, but also has some. But uh, as one with some good, solid moral standing as well. But in the, in the thieves' guild sense of morality, well, yeah, chaotic good. 
chaotic good, right? Well, and that's what the Molly Dancers are. They are chaotic good, and and there's a pack of them that are very loyal to the Queen. So Sylvia has uh, pulled you aside. This is maybe a month or two after that. It's in late spring, so you've been with them for over a year now. Yes. And yeah. you have... See, I had to save the Queen because I love her ears. Yes. Okay. You love the Queen's ears. I know, ears, I wanted to see them at the festival, and I'm not sure that I got to. You you didn't, because she was... I know, she just she had, had just a child, had, like, yeah, two months ago, but... The second princess. Yeah, but now I got to. Yes, you did. <laughs> you probably got to see the princesses as well. I know, but... Princess Penelope should be seven or eight by now. really too bad about her ears. They actually are still really big, because, <laughs> I mean, the elf genetics are strong. I mean, they're not as big as the right. Queen's. Right. Maybe she'll grow in. Maybe, yeah, they look way too big for her. <laughs> She's super gangly and they like flop a little bit. <laughs> she doesn't have the ear muscles to hold. Yeah, she doesn't have the muscles to hold up her own ears. Oh we're going to have to play a game set in that court sometime because we're, you're not actually in Cien at all. What? Sylvia entrusted you with a very small, a chest the size of a puffy loaf of bread, yes. And it is locked. It is made out of dark wood. The kind of wood that you don't find in Cien, you actually find up north on the continent of Tetsilia, which you have only heard about. You might have sailed through one of their ports, but sure, the mountain ranges of Tetsilia are well known for their wood. Dark, dark wood Strong with brass. dark wood? Is that what you're telling yes. me? Yes. <laughs> and an, a lock made out of iron. Wow. So this is a pretty serious box. It has no markings on it. It's just this little chest. And Sylvia has given it to you with verbal instructions, nothing written, that you need to deliver this to the Storm Queen in person. Okay. Storm Queen. The Storm Queen. You did a little bit of research, because we we're going to fast forward a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> into the, so um, you, as a sailor, Right. Have heard. I do. Arr. Arr. Anchovy slushies. Anchovy slushies. Arr. You hang I'm out with sailors. You I'm hang sipping on one on the ship, clutching the chest in one hand and an anchovy slushie in the other. Yes, you were able to find passage to the islands of Quyong, where Arthur's from. Arthur's not with you, though, uh, because you, ha- you hang out at sailor bars. Something about the name the Storm Queen made you think, like, sailors would know about this, storms and whatnot. Yeah. And you began hearing, you began hearing all these stories about this pirate brigade who is attempting to take over Koyong island by island. So Koyong is a confederacy of five islands, each ruled by a noble family. The Kusama clan is one of them uh, that Arthur was adopted into. And the, these pirates don't have sort of a name, so they're not like... They're not like the Dread Pirate Roberts? No, no, because they're led by the Storm Queen. Right. So if anything, they're called, you know, the, Storm's Queen, the Storm Queen's Navy. Right. Or the fleet. Uh, some, some sailors refer to them as a murder. A murder of the Storm Fleet. Yes. Like like crows? Yeah, sure. <laughs> because apparently there's a lot of crows that hang out around these ships. Wow. Yeah. At least so the stories go. Sure. So you were able to find out that the Storm Queen is holed up somewhere 
probably on one of the smaller islands in Kuyong, but you could only get passage to one of the bigger islands. So you have actually come onto the Kusama Island that is known for its fabulous boats. The Kusama clan, that's what they do. Yeah. They make boats. They make, they good make boats. and sell boats. All kinds of boats from skiffs to big old ships. Ships. <laughs> I like I like big boats and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> so as you are approaching the harbor, so the sea is this clear teal deeply saturated by the sun's rays and it's been a pretty uneventful trip it's taken you a few days to cross the ocean to come into the kusama port the main kusama port but as you approach and the the sailors are calling out to the people on the docks all of these different things you see the ship's cat grundle a wizened old cat with only three legs one of the best mousers out there grundle hops up on so the three-footed grundle hops up on a barrel next to you and starts um making a small circle and then looking at you and and then rotating around in a small circle again as if to tell you something and you remember an old sailor superstition that cats can tell you what the weather is going to be. Hmm. And as you pull into port, the ship's bell begins to ring by itself. That's strange indeed. The sailors on board who were tying things down, everyone freezes and just looks at the bell. Because this is an omen of death. I'm still staring at the cat. You're still staring at the cat? Okay. <laughs> but the bell is ringing behind me as I stare at yes. the cat. The cat is staring at me. And because it's Grundle, I'm assuming that it's giving me she, he. Tell us, I don't Don. Remember. I don't remember. She? I think it's a she. I think she. She's giving me a death cat look. Yes. Like the slightly narrowed eyes. Ears a little bit back. Yes. As if she's planning to murder you in your sleep. Yes. Tail gently flicking just like the last two inches. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> Can you roll me an animal handling, please? Absolutely. I don't have that, so I just roll it with nothing, right? Quick, do we remember the rules to this game? <laughs> I think it's a wisdom. Okay. So you would add your wisdom bonus. Twelve. Twelve. So you've seen the tight circle before. When Grundle makes a tight circle like that and uh, flicks her tail quite like that, it's a signal that a storm is coming. Okay. All right. Well, but we're in harbor, yeah? Yes, you're in, in harbor. harbor. Um, I, uh, I turn around. Everybody else is looking at the bell, I'm assuming. Yes, everyone else is looking at the bell. Is it still ringing? It is still ringing. Still ringing. And there's very little wind, and wind can't knock this bell anyway. You know, it's right. pretty well sheltered. And the, is the sea pretty smooth right now? The sea is very smooth, almost like glass. Because um, that's like an eye of the storm kind of thing. That's Well, you kind of look around, look for storm damage. There doesn't seem to be any. Yeah. You know, the, the dock isn't wet. The sailors don't look like they've had to batten down anything recently. Right. I am going to get off this ship. That's a good idea. Yes. 
I'm going to grab my things, sling them over my shoulder and get down onto that dock. Are you carrying the chest or is the chest in your things? I am carrying the chest. Okay, you're openly carrying the chest. Mm, wait, it's like the size of a, it's, I'd be like carrying the size of an infant under my arm, huh? Yes. Okay, maybe it's. Do you want to sling it like it's an infant? Uh, no. <laughs> because then people might think that I was taken. What? I might, I might run into a very handsome elf. Taken as in. Yes. Merit. Like, you're, you're with somebody. Right. There are plenty of single parents. Yeah, no, but it's not the assumption. Usually if you have a child, you've made a child with someone. Well, I mean, it normally does take two to make a child. <laughs> normally, but... I mean, normally, but, you know, magic. Yeah, no, so actually, I think it may actually be, like, in my rucksack. Sure. So, so, so I didn't maybe have to run and get my stuff because I don't know how far away I really would have let it be from me. Sure. So I was maybe, they, maybe it was sitting at my feet and I just right. snatched it up and put it, slung it over my shoulder, grabbed my rapier. Right. And so you, you walk off. Check my pockets. Onto the, onto the dock and you sort of wave at the captain and you wave at the first mate named Old Man Jenkins <laughs> who gives you a wave back and a, get an anchovy slushy for me. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jenkins. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing to you. Don't and die. to you as well. You don't die. What's up with your bell? Someone be about to die. Okay, that's my signal to leave, so you gents have a good time. The harbor is v very, very long, because that's where a lot of the boat building happens. But the main part of the harbor that is next to the city is sort of the in and out part of the port. And so it's smaller. In and out part. In and <laughs> Stop <Sorry>. it. <laughs> so also with you, you have a token that has the Molly dancers symbol on it, which is the silhouetted fiddle inside of an oval. Yes. Inside of an oval. So you have that. So if you find anybody who sort of makes the signal at you, you might be able to find someone who can help you out. You weren't given a direct contact though. Right, and I'm sorry, tell me again, who am I delivering this chest to? The Storm Queen. Sorry. I'm going to step off the dock. Sure. Like, there was sort of that unnatural silence moment on the ship with the cat and the bell and all the sailors and everything, but is it still that quiet as I get into, like, stepping off of the docks and getting into more populated No, no, areas? and... and once the bell stopped ringing, yeah. like work resumed, but there is a little bit of anxiety in the air. And so as you walk into town, it feels like a, a fairly bustling city. There are people, though, from all across the world. The Quinyong Islands are really the center of trade for the entire world. So any kind of thing you'd want to find, any, sorry, not just, thing is a very not a specific world word. No, you can just say anything that I would yeah. want to find. That's yeah, anything I that you would want to find, you could find on one of these islands. Yeah. Whether it's an exotic spice from Zavi or some more of that dark wood from Tetsilia, or even so-called uh, dragon scales from the Medhi Mountains. Well, and in most parts of the world, things like dragon scales, because they are such powerful magical components, are regulated very highly. But anything that's regulated elsewhere, drugs, <laughs> magical crap, <laughs> They're not regulated in 
Beyond. This is a really free trade environment. And often, depending on the family, of course, uh, that runs the island, families will often skim things from the top to put into their own treasuries. All right. Well, so what I think I need to do is I need to find a good, maybe not one of these, um, you know, shoreline um, inns. I need to find a, um, I need to go a little bit further up and into the city proper and find um find some kind of um in slash bar and see if i can make a contact um find some place that maybe there's a bard playing that's usually a good place to start that is uh, as you're walking and you're just kind of walking into the middle of town sure yeah you turn around uh grendel is following you not even stealthily just kind of like right hey grendel they're gonna miss you on the ship you're supposed to be eating the mice what are you doing and she makes another tight circle and then sits and looks at you very pointedly. Okay. So you're telling me there's a storm coming. And I'm looking for the storm queen. <laughs> and Emily makes a face at me. A very non-committed face. <laughs> I'm very excited that you put that together, send a face. So Grundle, as you say that out loud, will come up and like nip on your, are you wearing trousers or boots? Well, hopefully both. <laughs> what are your ankles covered in is what I mean. Um, she's going to try to nip at your ankle. Yeah, trousers. Trousers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's going to nip at your ankle, pull some of your trouser material and pull you to a side road. Okay. If you I will mean, follow her. This is, this is a little odd, but you know what? I... I mean, I know these superstitions. I've, I've sailed these seas before, so I'm very comfortable with this. And you know what? I don't necessarily have a specific path, so I will follow this cat. So the cat will lead you a little ways up and into the city, because, of course, the city is on a little bit of a... Like a hill. Like a hill, mm -hmm. right. Um, is this a tropical island or a temperate island? It is. Um, there, this is one of the more southern islands the more northern islands are closer to the equator essentially okay so they are more tropical this one is more temperate uh it is i mean it's it's late spring so it is you know it is it is warm um there are plenty of people though who seem to be from much warmer places who are still wearing big jackets and cloaks and complaining about how cold it is right because no. that's what people from hot places do when yeah. they're anywhere else yeah no this is fine uh, i just have a light cloak on you know right so the cat will lead you to uh, an inn. There is a tavern called the Lusty Siren. Oh, the Lusty Siren. I'm a fan. Good job, Grundle. And uh, there's totally a cat door. Cat door. So Grundle will go inside. I'm going to just stand outside staring at the cat door for a second, just wondering if the real reason that I'm here is because they feed cats. Roll me a perception. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go in. I'm just, I'm wondering if that's why Grundle took me here. Natural twenty. Oh my gosh. Plus, plus two, plus one is twenty-three. All of the businesses that you have passed have had cat doors. What? And many of the residences. Huh? Are there a lot of cats there? around here? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because a lot of people will breed cats to be micers. Yeah. To sell to the sailors, sure. and a lot of sailors like cats. They're good companions. 
You haven't seen a dog since you've been here, but... Well, whatever. Cats have better ears. They're pointier. <laughs> Grundle has very beautiful pointy ears. <laughs> Grundle's a good cat. Right. So you know that Grendel's not going into this place just because it's the only place with a cat door. Right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, I will uh, pat my pocket, make sure I've got my uh, Molly Dancer symbol in there. Yep. Rest my uh, hand on the hilt of my rapier so that I look very buckle swashing. Flip my cloak back over my shoulder, check my ear, (laughs) and then dramatically open the door. My God, I want to do something mean so badly. Well, I feel like if I, okay, I feel like having done all of this, there's someone playing music, right? Right. And there's a bunch of people sitting there drinking. And when I do that, the music stops and everyone stares. The place is packed. This is a fascinating tavern that's on the first floor. It has a bar all the way to the left side. At the far side, it has what you consider a normal height bar. And then it gets smaller as it gets closer to the door. So that uh, you see that at the different levels, different people of various races are sitting with uh, sort of race-appropriate sized items. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Not, not meant to segregate them, just meant to serve people in a, yeah, in a comfortable way. Yeah. And there are definitely a lot of tables filled with people who are gambling, a lot of people who are drinking. But the thing is, none of these people are sailors. These are people who seem to live on the island. The person who is playing uh, is a, a young human male, probably around 17. And the uh, somebody behind the bar, as sort of everything goes back to normal, snaps at him a couple of times. And he starts like, yeah, he starts playing the exact same song. He seems a little bit flustered. He is maybe not the, uh, maybe not the most experienced bard in the world. I flustered him, did I? <laughs> well, he's flustered by something. <laughs> Clearly, it's my ears. So you, you also see that there are, there are a couple of bigger races who the, this particular tavern don't seem to cater to very much. There is like a giant and a half orc who seem to be a little bit big, even for the medium sized creature things. So they're like on stools, kind of crouched over swapping stories in orcish. Tell me who else you see. Um, there is a halfling and her hair is dyed, um, bright green and spiked and she's <laughs> she's dressed in like cr- a crazy motley assortment of different colors of of fabric mm-hmm. and stuff and she seems to be doing like a little jig um and her nose is bright red because she's clearly very drunk yeah so she's doing a little jig to what is he playing so he he's he's playing some sort of dance music. It's not exactly a jig, but right. But I like, mean, when you're drunk, you don't care. Like on a lute or a fiddle or a keyboard no no piano or a piano. Okay, yeah yeah. <laughs> a piano forte. A piano forte. Yeah yeah. Um. So she's she's kind of staggering around doing that, and I notice her because she's very difficult to miss. There are a couple of humans that look kind of burly and maybe like off-duty security guard. Mm-hmm. At the medium-sized creature table. Um, way down on the very, very, very far end, there's like something I've never seen before, but I can only assume from stories must be a pixie. 
like drinking out of a little tiny, tiny little like Egg thimble. Corn. Yeah. So it's neat that they cater to so many different sizes here. Yes, and you know Pixies to be kind of mischievous, but you also know that there's a lot of lumber on this island. That's why they build ships here. Yep. They keep the forest built up. Like the Kusama family has specialty plant-based mages yeah. that like can speed up the growth of, of trees so that they are healthy, they just grow quicker. Right. And so yeah, there's definitely gotta there's definitely gotta be you know, parts of the really old forest that the Kusama family doesn't touch that have all kinds of magical beings. So sure. You don't know what a pixie's doing around here, but I don't know. It's I've never seen one before. Like I don't usually I don't usually spend my time outside of cities unless I'm on a ship. Right. It's either the open sea or the city life for me. Well and pixies don't tend to be out in the middle of nowhere in the water. Well, exactly. Yes. Yeah. They tend to be in like forests and stuff. That's not yes. that's not like my home habitat. All right, well. There are a couple different bartenders. Okay. Uh, the one who snapped at the, oh, I forgot the word bard. I was about to say minstrel, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one who snapped at the uh, piano playing bard appears to be a woman in her 50s with uh, silver hair that is cut very short. She has the air of being sort of the owner or the mistress of the house. And then there is a smaller uh, dwarf you can't tell if it's a male or a female because all dwarfs have beards mm -hmm. who has beautiful blonde hair that is braided into their beard and it's very it's very different than stuff you've seen but you know from stories that dwarves from uh, various places in the Medhi Mountains and in Tetsilia have those kind of uh, hairstyles um, do I see where Grundlewind no. Hmm. Damn cat. Well, okay. You could make, make a perception. I could make a perception. I will make a perception. Ready for this perception? I am perceiving. Uh, ooh, I 17. So it's a 20, but it's not natural. Unnatural 20. Unnatural 20. Unlike my ears, which are totally natural. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's magical. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed you had them augmented, but that's... <laughs> totally not. Sorry. That's between, that's between you and the all-knowing narrator. Yes, it is. <laughs> Don't you go revealing that to our secret audience right, through the fourth sorry. wall here. Sorry. There are definitely four walls, though, in this tavern. <laughs> okay, so I'm that's gonna... That's the worst segue ever. <laughs> So I'm going to mosey my way in. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to squish past it because you did say it was pretty crowded. So I'm, I'm going to squeeze my way around some of the folks up to the bar, um, find a free seat, like squished between the back of the half work and one of these security guys. There's like one free stool yes. where no one wanted to sit <laughs> because of who it's between. Well, the security guy who you're sitting next to kind of tips his cap and says, ma'am, yeah. and kind of scooches uh, towards yeah. the other security guy. Much appreciate. Um, and I will, uh, I will drop my, uh, rucksack down at my feet where they can just touch it all the time and, uh, and, uh, lean over the bar and see if I can get someone's attention. 
You can. The older woman seems to be going back and forth between the kitchen. And so the the dwarf hops up on what seemed to be a set of stairs and rolls over to you. Rolls. <laughs> yes. Hello, honey. What can I get for you today? Uh, an ale, please. And uh, that, whatever that is that smells so good on the fire. Oh, yes. That is roasted turkey. Roasted turkey sounds fantastic. I just got in today. Is there... Um, any festivals or anything coming up? All throughout Kuyong, we, we celebrate almost all the festivals from around the world. So, I mean, anybody's probably celebrating a festival at any time. You could head up the, the local temples and see what's going down. But in, in my culture, there's nothing going on right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, look, yeah, I'll take uh, the, the roast turkey and an ale and, um... I've been hearing some crazy rumors. Tell me if you've been hearing these rumors. Oh, I can tell you. I've been hearing some rumors. You've been hearing some rumors? What, what rumors have you been hearing? Because I've been hearing rumors about this, like, Storm Queen? Have you been hearing rumors about So as soon as, soon as you say Storm Queen, the entire place goes dead silent again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> And everybody turns to look at you. And these two I guys... I try to look really nonchalant. Who are uh, <laughs> the security guys next to you. Yep. Who are... Uh, one seems to be a... I said they were both humans. Oh, okay. Um, they were my humans. Big, burly humans, yeah. And so they kind of stand up and you know, kind of cross their arms and, and, and look at you for a second. And you remember the Storm Queen is a pirate queen trying to take over the Kuyong Islands. I know, I didn't think it was going to be like a problem just to talk about her. Like, it was... We, we don't like to, to talk about her. Okay, well, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a little rattled. I just had a really strange experience getting off the ship that I literally just got off of. Right. There was all sorts of crazy stuff going on. The bell was ringing, and there was no wind. The cat was doing the death dance thing, and I, I, I mean, so I'm sorry. But why don't you tell me one of your rumors? So the two security guards will squish over to another table <laughs> far away from you. And the, the dwarf will look at you and say, well, I've been hearing all kinds of things. The things about the Storm Queen, though, don't seem to be very good. Can I get a, uh, not a charm roll, but a... Charisma? Charisma would be great. Right. Because you're, you're not trying to deceive anybody no, or anything. No, I'm not. I'm more to 16. 16. Mm-hmm. And so you're like leaning forward and you've got right. your ale. I'm really interested. She's like dishing up um, the turkey for you and, yeah. and putting some roasted potatoes on there. Oh, yeah. The potatoes smell great. Oh, yes. Yes. Potatoes are a specialty. <laughs> are they spiced? <laughs> well, yes, they are. Uh, could I get a rainbow bowl with that? <laughs> well, we, we don't have it. It's only, it's only late spring. Rainbow bowls don't come into season until the summer. Oh. I'm sorry, honey. Uh, you're a couple of weeks early. That's okay. Well, I might still be here by then, so I'll just I'll okay. keep that in mind. Well, I've heard that the Storm Queen is a very powerful wizard. A, w- a wizard, really? A wizard. Like, actually magical. Yes. Do you think that is why everyone is so scared of her? Well, it's one reason, but there's a lot of magic in all around the world here. So for someone to be scared of someone else just because they're a wizard doesn't make any sense. 
She'd have to be real, really, really high wizard for anyone to be scared of her. Interesting. So, hey, uh, what's the name of that, that kid you've got playing the piano? He seems pretty good. Oh, that's Bertrand. Bertrand. Uh, do you know when his next break is? The mistress doesn't like him taking breaks, but if he stops one more time, she's probably going to throw him out. <laughs> For tonight. Oh, I see. Okay. He's her nephew, so she feels obligated, but she has a bit of a temper. Oh, okay. Hmm. 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 So someone signals uh, the dwarf, and she kind of rolls along down to the giant past you, and you hear a little bit of a flitting sound uh, in your ear, and the pixie from far down has come and is sort of standing on tiptoe. Uh, right in front of you. What lovely ears you have. They're very proportional for you. Thank you. Yours aren't. <laughs> my, I, Your ears are huge. They're very, I, I, I'm very proud of my ears. I feel very, I feel very lucky to have been endowed with such ears. You know, they sparkle with a magical energy. No, they, they, they sparkle with, with magical, um, beauty. Because mm-hmm. I, I, Quaff them with magic. So she will kind of, if you'll allow her, she'll kind of come up on your shoulder and whisper to you. Sure. Uh, and there's a lot of din around, and so her voice could get easily lost. And, mm-hmm. and she says, if you're looking for the Storm Queen, you'd better be willing to travel. Okay. I'm willing to travel. I've got all my stuff, and I've already come all the way here looking. Where did you come from? Cian. Oh, I know a lot of folks in Sienna. Oh. Hey, does this mean anything to you? And I'm going to show her the Molly Dancer. She will very subtly, like she's got a little vest on. She will very subtly like pull one side of the vest out. And there's definitely like a <laughs> tiny little Molly Dancer symbol. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, she will say, um, are you the friend Grundle told me to look for? Oh, uh, I was looking for Grundle. I followed Grundle all the way here. So yeah, I guess I am. All right, follow me. Okay. And so there, there's uh, the, let's see, what's a good distraction to happen? Oh, the halfling falls. She's been dancing on a table. She falls on top of the giant. Yes, she's been dancing on a table, like dancing from table to table, like kicking card games and like not even paying attention. And then she accidentally jumps like into the giant's arms. Yes. (laughs) And like took a swan dive and he like reacted really weird and like tossed her. (laughs) And she like broke a table on the other side, landing into it. So there's this hubbub. And so you slip out into the back. Yes. And there seems to be a much quieter sort of speakeasy in the back. Where the, the, the woman, the, uh, the tall woman is, and she is uh, pouring what looks like a much nicer beer mm-hmm. into a mug um, and is uh, also pay- pouring some of it into an egg corn. Is there anybody else back there or just her? Nope. All right. Uh, you do see Grundle. Oh, Grundle, there you are. Grundle's totally on the bar oh. lapping up some cream. Oh, no. That she's set out, not right, just yeah, like yeah. random creams. Cream. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder you wanted to come here, yep. silly cat. Grundle will look at you and like do the licking her chops mm-hmm. and then flicks her tail and pretends not to notice you. Right. Goes back to drinking the cream. Right. I see how this goes. Four days on a ship and that's what I get. Well, cats are kind of like that. Well, I know they're kind of like that. Alicia, this is a Molly dancer from the home country. 
and the tall woman will will look at you and kind of give you a little bit of a nod and um and she she'll say um I heard you were asking about the storm queen. I was asking about the storm queen. I am on a very specific mission to deliver a thing that I don't actually know what it is to the storm queen. Well, that doesn't sound like the molly dancer. That sounds more like the cloaks work. Well, I I don't think so. I mean, look. You know Sylvia, right? Everybody knows Sylvia. Everybody. Everybody knows Sylvia. So Sylvia gave me this mission. I don't think that she would have given me something that wasn't Molly Dancer work. Oh, no, that's a good point. No, I don't know why. Mm. And I don't have a key to this jet. So I can't tell you. I just know I gotta get it there. Well, rogues can usually break it. Are you suggesting... That I should break into this chest that was given to me in confidence by my, I mean, my boss, Sylvia. I believe you're putting words into my mouth, sugar. (laughs) Did you just go Southern? (laughs) I think I've been Southern a little bit. (laughs) But now because you said it, we're just going to go all the way. (laughs) I'm from the Southern part of Sprinza. (laughs) Even more southern than the Dan Moran Desert. Is there a good reason that I should try to open this chest? Well, I just don't know why the Molly Dancers would be ferrying things to that pirate. All right, you make a fair point. I'm going to reach into my rucksack. I'm going to take out the chest. Put it down on the counter. Crunch. But if you want to know where she is. I do. I can tell you. That would be fantastic. How do you know where she is? Because in the comings and goings, I'm the one who hears all the rumors. All right, fair enough. Out front, you just get the normal ones. Back here, you get the real one. Now, I can't tell you her exact location, but I know she's on Mermaid Island. Mermaid Island, huh? You can get to Mermaid Island pretty, pretty easily. It's just a couple clicks north of here. It's small, it's shaped like a mermaid, hence its name. So there aren't actual mermaids on the island. Do you believe in mermaids? I don't know, Pixie just took me back here and I'd never (laughs) seen one of those before either. Well, of course Pixies exist. Okay, well, so mermaids could be real too, I don't know. I mean, this has been a big eye-opening day for me. I don't know exactly where they are. Because I hear talk about a pirate cove, which could be anywhere. Could be a hideout somewhere else. All I know is that the last place she was spotted was Mermaid Island. Probably planning her offensive. Do you have a boat I could borrow? I don't, but I know someone who does. All right. Cut to... Arby Boats! (laughs) Wait, I thought he was the first mate on the boat I just got off of. This is his cousin. Okay. (laughs) They're identical cousins. Identical cousins. (laughs) In our family. It's a big family, yeah. yeah. In our family, most everybody looks the same. <laughs> Me mother was the ugliest dog to ever walk this world. Good hearted woman. All right, well, I believe you. Look, I uh, I need to rent a boat, and do you have the bearings for, for Mermaid Island from here? Yeah, I can tell you how to get to Mermaid Island. And, and he'll give you directions, and okay, it's um, it's very much sailor talk, but you speak sailor. Sure, talk I totally fluently. do. Yeah, yeah. So it should take about half a day to sail there. Okay, 
Did Grundle stay at the inn? Grundle's following you. If you'll let her. I will let her. Okay. Yep. And so while, uh, I mean, she is just all up on old man Jenkins, like sniffing the heck out of him. Because he smells like anchovies. (laughs) (laughs) And at one point he like reaches into his pocket and like pulls out an anchovy and dangles it in front of her and drops it into her mouth. Yep. Which seems about right. Does seem about right. All right. Um, so how much for a boat for the day? Just a one person, you know, just a, a sloop. Is that what they're called? A schooner? What? I just, can I get a little boat? <laughs> can I get yes. a little boat for the day? A one person, like, schooner, sailboat? Yes. Good. Fantastic. Yes, I'll give you one of the uh, small boats. Yes, yes. With sails and row capabilities in case the wind's not with you. Right, that would be, that would be great. Although I really hope I don't end up rowing. Anyway, uh. That'll be 15 silver. Uh, all right. Okay. 10 silver for the day and a 5 silver deposit in case you don't bring it back. All right. That seems. That seems like it should be the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) 10 silver deposit and 5 silver for the day. All right. Uh, well, okay. It's a business expense. I will, uh... Right. Save it right. on my taxes. You probably got... Yeah, you probably <laughs> got some cash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Molly Dancers, I mean, they're not, like, rolling in it, but... So you get in this boat. Get in the boat. Grundle coming? Grundle wants to. All right. Come on. I'm just picturing, picturing Moana right now with Hey Hey. Yes, so I... Come on, Grundle. If you're coming, you gotta come, because I gotta go. We gotta, we gotta so get, we catch is, the tide. It is um, getting on to evening. Do you want to oh, do this at night? Right now, probably not. Well, actually, sure. I'm very comfortable navigating by stars. Right. So are you going by starlight? I'm going by starlight. Right? It's, uh, it's, I, I can, I don't actually know any of these words, so this is going to not make any <laughs> sense, right? It's uh, two clicks following the North Star, and then turn slightly east until I find it. That sounds great. Right? <laughs> but I don't know how long a click is, so. But you know a what's click is a happen? kilometer. Well, good. You know what's going to happen? What? I'm the one who's going to get to Mermaid Island. Oh, I totally lost the joke. Never mind. In four clicks. <laughs> because this is the fastest boat. No, a a click isn't a speed. Uh huh. It's know. a length of. Okay. I, oh, you're going with my joke. See. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it's not a parsec. It's a. Anyway. <laughs> so Cut when all people that. say light speed, Cut all that. Cut and it's all like, that. no, light speed measures distance, y'all. Cut all of that. So you're going by night. So I'm going by night. Why the hell not? All right, you got two clicks to go, and then a little bit more. So, uh, tell me high or low for good. Uh, high. Ooh, honey. Uh oh. <laughs> Ooh, honey. So you're about one click in. Uh huh. When you start to notice the water is behaving strangely, mm. Grundle seems on high alert, but is kind of uneasy not quite sure what's going on give me a perception check actually uh 13 13 well and you you remember well or you've figured out that you're not in the deep ocean right now you know going between these islands right um it's not you know 
there's deep, probably deep. reefs and yeah there's there's reefs there's all kinds of things it, it's not shallow enough that you're gonna run into a problem with your boat yeah but like boat. one of the big ships wouldn't be able to sail very easily right uh they can't navigate the reefs and whatnot and uh you think that you see kind of maybe four sort of different things kind of uh circling you a little bit you see a uh blue tail flip up i feel like i was gonna say i feel like i should have um feel like i should have got some wingless toucans with me but if there's a blue tail that's different it's um, not a kraken, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's not a kraken. It's not a kraken. Um, okay. I'm gonna swing I thought about making it a kraken. <laughs> but I know. Right. I know how to do kraken. Right. Just gonna have the So they hands. seem to be trying to sort of make a false current to carry you away from the east. So to carry you kind of westward. So you have multiple things you could do at this point. Right. You do not have to gauge, engage directly in combat with them. No, and I'm a single player, so that is my preference. Um, and, and I don't know exactly what they are, so what I want to do is, is swing the lantern mm-hmm. on my uh, sail out over the sea so I can try and get a better look under the water and see if I can pinpoint what's happening. Another perception check, please. Okay. Ten. You can't quite make it out. You think you see sort of a, a body and a long tail, but you're, you can't quite make out what it is. In your mind drifts all of these sort of sailor lore things mm-hmm. that it could be. All right. Well, I'm going to... haven't hurt me yet. They just don't want me to go where I need to go. So I'm going to... I'm going to lean over the edge of the boat. Mm-hmm. I'm make sure all my stuff's like firmly in the boat itself. Sure. Right? <clears throat> I'm gonna lean a little bit over the edge of the boat and just uh no hello? Someone out there? Anyone out there? I can see your tails. I see tails. There's lots of tails going around. Look, look, I need to go. Um I, I can't go this way. I would appreciate it if you would stop moving my boat. In the wrong direction. So a head pops out Ooh. under the water. Fr- or, sorry, pops out from the water. Uh-huh. It is, it's kind of a steely blue. Okay. And has eyes that are kind of glazed over as if it's uh, one of those, you know, faint, deep sea fangly fishes. Uh-huh. It's got a uh, fin on its head, almost like a mohawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has nothing to do with the halfling with a mohawk. That was because that was you describing it, <laughs> not me. And it has just like these four small tentacles coming off of its face. And it opens its jagged maw um, and goes. My friend, I feel like we have a lingual barrier here. And, and maybe that's part of what's going on. Just some some. Misunderstanding. Um, Give me a deck save. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez. I started off rolling well, and I'm rolling lower and lower. 13. Ah, oh, tie goes to the roller, then. Um, you see out from um, one of the other, one of the other sort of bubble patches that you see you see another one of these things kind of reach out and you kind of get a better picture of it in the moonlight 
they seem to have an almost human-like torso, but it's a bit thicker. And it has these fins on its shoulders and on its elbows and these long claws. Uh, But this one has a harpoon and throws it, aiming not at you, really, but at the boat and misses. But the boat doesn't have decks, so I had you do that. That's fair. Um, Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm putting my hands up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about this for a second? Maybe, maybe you can help me. I am looking for the Storm Queen. I have something I'm trying to bring to the Storm Queen. Maybe I hear she's a wizard. Maybe you know her. I am holding my hands up and looking mm-hmm. very, like, peaceful. Like, whoa, not, not near my rapier at all. Like, whoa, whoa, not touching the boat, not doing anything. Um, um, okay, I'm going I'm gonna to try and sign to them. Hold up one finger, like okay, like well, okay. Hang on, one moment, and then I'm going to point at me, and then I'm gonna like make like a a traveling, mm-hmm. like a swimming thing because they probably don't wouldn't do the like finger walking <laughs> swimming like thing. Yeah, no, they only have one tail. Yeah, like swimming, um, two, and then I'm like the. Um, and I point to the sky and like, you know, make rain droplet motions um, and then um, like put a, a circlet of my fingers on my head and like look at them questioningly. I'm trying to think, would that be intelligence or wisdom? I think it would be intelligence. Intelligence. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Roll me an intelligence. I mean, it, it might be, but I mean, it could be. But I mean, I will roll whatever you want, but. I think it would be intelligence. Which one's better for you? Intelligence. Then roll intelligence. Hey. Or charisma. 18. Uh, they're the same. Oh, okay. So the one that's still sort of bobbing out of the water kind of goes... Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I can't. I'm putting my hands up like I, right. I can't understand you. Right. Um, and uh, two of them will swim off, mm-hmm. but the two that you've seen uh, kind of stay with you. Uh, and so the one that you've seen, um, who's sort of been mm-hmm. to you, kind of uh, points at his where his ear would be and mm-hmm. then points at you and then holds out his hand. Mm. And you can figure out he's, he's probably asking for payment. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to really slowly, so mm-hmm. I'm not making any sudden movements, I want to reach down and reach into my bag. Uh, no, no, it'd be in my pouch, right? I just want to reach right. into my pouch and pull out a silver coin because I don't really want to give my ear and like flash it in the moonlight and offer that. Are you going to flip it at him? Well, I'm like, yeah, yep. eh? He's going to kind of look at it, and the other one bobs up, and he's like, (laughs) and he holds up two fingers. Okay. So I'm going to flick one out there, and I'm going to reach slowly into my pouch and grab another one, flick another one out there to the other one. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, They will take it and put it somewhere you can't see, because (laughs) for some reason, somehow they have pockets. Well, for some reason, even though they're very creature-like, they they actually seem... This one seems to have a belt. 
in the monster's <laughs> manual, at least. Like, it seems so to have, like, pouch, some yeah. armor. Okay. And it's really funny because the belt kind of has a thing that hangs down in the front, almost like a loincloth, but... He doesn't have... But they're, like... But there's, there's nothing there's, to cover they're up. They're neuter. Yeah. Right. Um, and so... They got the Donald Duck business going on down there. And one motions to you to kind of get down. Okay. And the other will pull out its harpoon again. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm getting down. I'm getting down. Grundle. You get under that seat. Okay? Oh, oh. She, like, she's under that seat. Yeah. Like, okay. So I'm going to get down. I'm going to hang onto my rucksack and like, right. like crouch down. Right. So uh, the harpoon comes at the boat. Yeah. And the two things. Actually, no, these aren't mermaids. Oh, man. Okay, the two things. Um, I don't know if you would know what they were called. It's fine. You don't even have to tell me. Keep going. Oh, okay. Stick the harpoon into you and start. And, and they stick the harpoon. Not into me. Into the not boat. Not into the boat. <laughs> but into the, like, not at the bottom where it would cause, like, a hole. Where right. I mean, you still might have a problem. but Right. Well. Uh, and then they will tow you to. Um, wow. So, Grundle, this is not the situation I expected to be in tonight. You see a curved cliff um, of an island. Okay. The cliffs of insanity. Okay. And they kind of pull you around and you can kind of kind of see like if you were above like how this might look like the sort of curve of a mermaid's tail if the mermaid sort of had was like kind of in a circle and you can kind of see where the end fin would be. Sure. And then they let go of the rope, take the harpoon out, and leave. Okay. All right. Well, that was interesting. That was not how I expected to make this journey. So, um... Yes, you... That was much faster than you would yes. have done. No, yeah. that's great. I am, so what I want to do first before I do anything else is I would like to scan the cliffs and see if I can see any caves or anything like that. Okay. What kind of caves are you looking for? High, low, pinpoints of light? Yes. Okay. (laughs) All of the above? Mm Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's something here, if they brought me to a specific place or if I need to keep going around the island. Oh, geez, that is a 22. You don't see anything that looks like where, a, a, I mean, you assume that the Storm Queen probably has, right. especially if she's trying, if she's about to launch a, uh, an attack on the Kusama Island, that uh, she would probably have more than just herself around. So right. the, the, the things you see on the cave cliff looks like where birds nest and, you know, there's nothing that sort of. Right. There's nothing that's even out. small creatures would make home. Okay, so I feel like what I need to do is uh, unfurl my sail again mm-hmm. and uh, and make my way maybe around the perimeter of this island looking for a... Um, you know, it seems like maybe if the mermaid is curled up the way it was described to me, then there's probably a harbor like right. inside the loop of that tail. Yep. That seems that like would a make sense. logical place to put a murder of ships. <laughs> A.K.A. Fleet. <laughs> right. I like murder myself. <laughs> um, so, so I think what I'm going to do is um, 
just going to, I'm going to pat myself down, make sure I'm all still here because that was a little bit of a wild ride. And then, uh, and then I'm going to unfurl that sail, catch a little bit of a breeze and try mm. and uh, sail around what I'm guessing is the shorter way based on just visuals. Grendel will kind of poke her head up to look around now that the fish monsters are gone. Yeah. Because she likes fish, but those were no, scary ass but fish. she wants to be able to eat them and those were too big. For those uh, following along at home, those were actually marrow, who were who are essentially um, like demonically transformed merfolk, uh, and they're supposed to be a lot more aggressive. But they also really like shiny things, so I'm like, yeah. they might be helpful if you give them shiny, shiny things. things. Why not? Sure. Um, they did try to kill me. Yes, they did. And then they were like, hey, we can get stuff from her. Right. And I'm just that good. Yeah. I mean, they're not the most intelligent. Uh, they're, they're mostly bullies. They were, you realize they were probably going to eat you. Yeah. They were probably trying to drag you back to their lair to share you. Right. And yet, here I am, did the crazy thing and let them drag me here instead. Okay. Well. Yeah. So I'm going well, I mean, to sail around the short, the short side of the mermaid tail. All right, you sail and uh, you see a what looks like a some a smaller bonfire that's happening. So uh, when the the tail kind of curves out, yeah, you know, at the end of the tail, uh, at the edge of the cliff, uh, before it kind of narrows down towards the sea, there seems to be some sort of sentry post. And you notice that the opening, to the sea opening between sort of the head or hair. Um, and the tail is not huge. Okay. You know, pirates, these, if they're pirates, they probably use smaller, faster ships. Mm -hmm. uh, so the bigger sort of military grade ships that the more powerful and richer countries would have wouldn't be able to wouldn't chase them there. in yeah. year. Yeah. I feel like I have two options here. I can go in with my lantern lit and I can call out to the sentry and find out what's going on and see how that goes. Or I can douse my lamp <laughs> and I can try to creep in under the cover of darkness. Um, I think I'm going to douse my lamp. A true rogue. True rogue. You're going to douse your lamp. So when you say going under the cover of darkness, do you mean you're going in on land or are you going in the water? Um, so I think, does the, does the pointy part of the tail before it comes into the harbor there, is there enough beach or something that I could tie up this little boat outside yeah, probably. of the harbor? Right. To something, find a stunted little beach tree yeah. or something like that. Um, okay. So. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then I'm, I'm going to, you know, grab my rucksack and look at Grundle to see if she's coming or staying. Says, look, if you're coming with me, it's got to be all stealth till I decide it's not. Grundle will sit and casually try to lick one of her front paws. The one that's not there. The one, but she... <laughs> But she realizes she doesn't have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she just kind of does one of those, well, it's my idea type of, you know, thing and kind of creep okay. forward with you. Okay. Well, all right. So 
Okay, so I know where the bonfire is. I think what I might do is sneak up outside of the ring of firelight. I just want to see who's at the bonfire. Okay. I'm going to need a stealth stealth. and a perception. And a perception. Stealth first, because you might see them regardless of... (laughs) Yeah. Stealthy, 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 stealthy. Oh, I have a huge bonus on stealth, because I'm just that awesome, which is good, because I rolled like crap. Uh, 17. 17, you're able to sort of, under the cover of night, creep up. And you see a... Oh, sorry, perception. Do you want me to roll that? I mean, you can just tell me. I'll let you. Um, 17. All right, you see a small group. Uh, it looks like a human, a half-elf, a couple of dwarves who are dressed like sailors who are sitting around the fire and kind of, uh, you know, doing what sentries do. I want to eavesdrop. You want to eavesdrop? I totally do, even though there are no eaves. Um... Eavesless oh eavesdropping. Uh, what, what? Oh, uh. High or low? Oh, jeez. Didn't I just roll a bunch of things? Uh, high. Gotta work out for oh. one of those times. <clears throat> okay. 82. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, so you hear one uh, talking about how much she misses her fiancé and how she hopes that this sort of war slash takeover slash rebellion will be over soon and you hear one of the dwarves sort of grunting to the other dwarf about how that that little lizard thing makes him feel uncomfortable and that if he had his way you know that that little lizard thing wouldn't be actually you know you know doing anything okay the little lizard thing okay noted yeah that little lizard thing is crazy i feel like i I feel like I feel its emotions. Grendel, did you hear that? Meow. That sounds weird. And one of the sentries looks over towards you. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Grendel will like... then come out. Oh, God. Uh, and, and the sentries go, Oh, kitty! Oh, my God. And uh, so they begin petting Grundle and, you know, feeding her bits of things. And, well, where did you come from? They seem to think she might be one of their cats. I'm in the bushes, rolling my eyes massively. <laughs> this might be a good time to keep going. They're distracted. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. Well done, Grundle. I'm going to keep going. Um, are there more fires or lights? That I can see. There here? seems to be another one that's sort of on the other edge, probably in the quote unquote hair. Right. So that there are sentries sort of at on both you know, sides. On both sides. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then um, you kind of you can hear a, a little bit of of sort of clamor, but you're not sure exactly where it is. Um, you're going to need to go farther in. Okay. And I am. And I'm assuming that, you know. Yeah, never mind. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to sneak past him. So you're sneaking along. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a little bit farther north, so it's a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. So it has some warmer trees and, you know, some beautiful beaches. So you're kind of trying to creep along, like, not obviously open yeah, not, the beach. Not right along the sand, right, but, like, no. through the, 
those weird like stunty trees you get in yeah, sort of stunty warm trees and in, along the sandy part. There's also some oddly shaped um coal gray rocks that are formed very strangely that have kind of have some holes in them and some of them come up in in some very big formations Mm -hmm. and they are very sort of starkly dark against the beautiful white sand interesting handy for cover yes okay i'm gonna keep going i'm listening and looking for the source Mm -hmm. of this other noise and trying to see if i can see ships in the harbor right Um, Oh, there are definitely ships in the harbor. There are a lot of ships in the harbor. Right. And they are all flying the same flag. Which is? Which is a crown on the background of raindrops. Okay. Which is probably how the marrow recognized what you were saying. Yes. Because they're not the most intelligent. Right. (laughs) But they were able to figure out, like, oh, she's probably one of those people. Right. You know, they... You don't know. They they may have sort of a, an understanding with the pirates because it kind of it kind of seemed like it. Yeah, yeah. Mero liked to eat people mm-hmm. and things, and so it would make and sense that they would have to have some sort of a group, you know, understanding. Pirates like to make people walk the plank, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, Mero you're, you're probably than sharks. Yeah, you're probably going to find some. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you were, if you like talk to everybody and what, you know, you'd probably find somebody who speaks that language that they were speaking. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, it occurs to me, I might have been able to just pop up there and say, I have a thing for the Storm Queen from the Molly Dancers, but. Hey, that's an idea. <sighs> but I think I'd rather keep sneaking in for a while. Um, so, yeah, you see that there are some, there are some temporary shelters that are built up. So the the cliffs kind of shelter what look like a I mean it, there's not really like big huge trees or anything but you know there's there's enough um stuff around that that people seem to have built up some some temporary housing and some um you know th- there are a couple of fires going and it feels very much like um like a makeshift camp that you know sailors make when they um, are taking a break from a storm. I know how to build this stuff. Um, yeah. There's some experience with it. Uh, is there anything, is there one that looks any more um, that are built or um, well created or larger or anything like that that I can identify as like a main one? No, but you you know that from your experience that, you know, the captain would probably stay on the ship. So if this is a fleet kind of commanded by somebody, they're probably on their ship. And you do see that there is a ship that is a little bit bigger than the rest and um, not only has the flag, but they also have the same emblem kind of carved into both sides of the ship. Well, actually, you wouldn't see both sides. You only see one side. The side that I can see. Um, How far out is that ship? Uh, that ship is, it's not that far out, but it is sort of in the middle of everything else. So it would be difficult for me to sneakily swim to on my own. It would probably be easier to swim than to go through the camp. But you think about the marrow, and you kind of look out, and the water's pretty dark. Okay. Anybody moving around in this camp? 
there seem to be a couple people maybe on sentry duty, maybe, you know, going to bed late. You're not sure. There, There's a little bit of movement, but not much. People seem to be pretty bunkered down. Okay. You um, smell, you know, you smell sailor stew. That sounds really bad, like yeah, a stew like, out in, of sailors. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> after talking about the marrow, like, that sounds pretty... <laughs> right. No, no, no. These are like, uh, well, you know, not, not just sailors carry them, but a lot of travelers carry their, these compact little balls of, of sort of dried noodles and some other things that you just like drop into boiling water and it makes soup or stew. And you can add, you know, like if you catch a rabbit, you can skin it and add the meat and whatever. It's essentially ramen noodle. Yeah, it's like ramen. It's a cup of noodle, basically. Cup of noodle. Sailor cup of noodle. It's a, yeah. You just D&D'd cup of noodle. That's what you did. But it's, that's actually a historical thing that people would carry. Okay, it's actually kind of brilliant. Okay. Um, yeah. And so at this point is when I think I'm probably going to pull a lenic. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes the most obvious plan. And like, because now. Tell our audience what it means to pull a lenic. <laughs> oh, no, you just have to go listen to campaign. I'm about to demonstrate what it means to pull a lenic. <laughs> Tell me how you pull a lenic. Okay, uh, where is the nearest sentry? Or a sentry-looking person? Uh, probably back the way you came. There seems to be one that's further, that's further on that... What's the fantasy equivalent of playing on a cell phone? Oh, okay, so do I need to go all the way back to the fire, or is there someone else that I bypassed? Uh, no, there's nobody else that you bypassed. Okay. They seem to be on pretty low alert. Okay, fine. I'm gonna, I will, okay, this is gonna sound silly, because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sneak back (laughs) to the bonfire where the guards were on duty. Okay. And when I get there, I'm gonna listen for another second and just make sure they're not, like, giving way. Who's a pretty kitty? Okay, okay. Who's a pretty kitty? And then I'm just going to stand up and walk into the firelight and say, oh, I see you found my cat. So they all like stand up and grab their weapons and point at you. And there's just a shot of like your very calm face and like the end of all their weapons. You pointed at- so ladies and gentlemen, this is what's called pulling a lenic. Hear me out. We get captured we get on captured. purpose. Okay. So at this point I go, okay, okay. And I don't have, I don't have any weapons in my hands right. or anything, right? Uh, cat, <laughs> And the cat tries to roll for you. You cannot roll for me. Um, I am, I'm bringing a, a gift, I, I presume. I, I'm carrying a message for the Storm Queen. I've been looking for a while. I'm hoping maybe you could get me to her. So the half-elf who's in the group kind of takes a step forward, and you realize she's probably the one in charge. Okay. At least of this group of sentries. And she goes, likely story. What kind of gift for the Storm Queen? Well, to be entirely honest, I don't actually know. Because it's in this chest, and I was told to bring it. Um... Uh, I have I have this uh, medallion. If this means anything to you, I'm going to just show them the Molly dancer. Uh, can you roll me a charisma check? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to roll a different check over here. Fifteen. 
15. Oh, that kind of looks familiar. What is it? Uh, it's the Molly Dancer insignia. Molly Dancers. What's a Sam? Molly Dancer? Hmm. Okay. Well, um, look. The people that I work for told me that I needed to bring this, and I'm going to pull the chest. Like, very, very slowly, there's a lot of weapons pointed at me, right? right? Like, can I just, let me And just, they kind of, like, let me just, get a little bit closer right, to you. Right, It's just, it's just a chest. Look, I have not been inside of this. I was told I needed to bring this to the Storm Queen. Um, if, if you would get me there, I will leave directly after, and you will never see me again. So you pull out the chest. You pull it out. Do you try to hand it to them or do you just no. hold it? Oh, no, no, I, I want to hold it. Yeah. And they look at you suspiciously and the, the half-elf is going to put out her hand um, and you can tell, because you're not dumb, you can tell she's doing a t- detect magic spell, basically. Sure. And there doesn't seem to be anything magical about the box that she can tell. Right. She also rolled a three, but... Yeah, know. but whatever. She doesn't know any better. She doesn't know any better. <laughs> she kind of looks at you. I mean, I don't have the key. I'll be entirely honest. It's from a woman named Sylvia, if that means anything to you. I mean, everybody knows the Sylvia. The bard Sylvia? Yeah, everybody knows Sylvia. She, oh, look, she... she's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I know, right? <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't help but do her a favor, but um, I mean, if you could... If you could do me a solid, like, I just, I have to deliver this to the Storm Queen. So uh, the half-elf will kind of take a step back and kind of mutter with a couple of other people. And Surprisingly, this is not going as Olenic because they haven't decided to capture me yet. <laughs> right. Oh, no, no. They have. They, they just don't know what to do with oh, you okay, once, fair you're, cap, once you're captured. <laughs> um, so the half-elf is going to try to take the box from you. Oh, no. I no? really have to deliver this in person. Look, you no, you can take me with the box. That's fine. Okay. Well then, March. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're gonna. One of them's gonna go in front of you. You're gonna have a couple on the side. The half elf's gonna be in the back. Yeah. All of them still with weapons drawn, and you, uh, you see before sort of that that goes that the half elf, um sends off a spell that flickers to each of the other lights mm-hmm. um, that you see and, inc- and uh, also sort of twirls off onto the main ship. Okay. So you can figure out that's probably some sort of an alert or yeah. something. Okay. And so, cause as you approach the next sentry position, the sentry is no longer whittling. <laughs> yeah, that's the same equivalent as like playing on a cell phone, right? Sure. Yeah. In uh, the dark. In the knife. dark. Well, he's by a, <laughs> okay, he's by by a, a fire. fire. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, that's all put away, and he's got a bow and arrow out, and he joins them. Um, right. He goes behind with the half-elf, and so you're led through the camp. So the people who are awake are kind of, uh, some are kind of watching this with interest, because, you know, they don't, have, they don't get a lot of uh, visitors around here. Yeah. Very few people come to Mermaid Island generally. Yeah. And then also the Storm Queen is here at the moment. Right. Yeah. Right. And and these all seem to be 
you know, these aren't mercenaries. These are these are sailors. And while they are acting as pirates, you know, these don't have sort of the hardened pirate vibe that you get. So you you kind of figure out this is maybe more of a militia force mm-hmm. than an actual like navy. Right. Not quite as well put together as rumors would have it. Right. Yeah. Uh, the rumors have them very much more together. Right. And a lot scarier. Now, granted, when everybody's awake There's and a on lot of high alert. Here. Well, I mean, there is a lot of people. They forgot to take my rapier or my longbow, but I still don't think I would want to fight them. Can we, can we retcon that? Because that was just me. They would have thought oh, of no, that. Oh, no, it's totally fine. No, what yeah. you do is when we get to wherever we're going mm-hmm. before I see anybody, then you take them. Right. Okay. So you approach the the main part. There seems to be uh, more supplies there. More people are awake. And as you get closer to that main ship, uh, the, 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 one, the dwarf that's in front of you stops you and, and takes your, your longbow and somebody else takes your rapier. Okay. Can I just, will you take good care of those, please? And you wait for a second. And ev- there's... Everybody who's awake has either is either in that area or has sort of gathered, except for um, there there seem to be a couple of people who passed you to go back to the sentry point, and they would have probably left a couple of people. They probably right. wouldn't have all taken they you. They don't need, they don't all need you. Yeah. Um. And so you wait for a moment, and then at that top the um, so at the top of the entrance, uh, you see silhouetted a man who walks down and. It is your former sailor mentor. Tell us about him, Ziva. So you mentioned him in the first episode. (laughs) So, um, Tarvek, he's getting older now, so he's in his like fifties. He's going a little salt and pepper, um, and he's got a closely trimmed beard that he's always kind of kept. Close to his face because he's a very professional sailor. Pro he's usually fashion. he's usually first mate or captain when he sails. He does a lot of first mate, and and that's I mean that's when I worked under him. That's what he was doing. Um, he's uh, definitely a swashbuckling kind of gentleman. He sails the seas both legally and illegally, and he always has. Right. Um. So he's uh you know he has the sort of weathered skin that's been in the sun and the wind and the rain. Um, for most of his most life. of his life, yeah. Mm-hmm. You you remember from stories, you know, he started as a cabin boy when he was seven or eight. Yeah, because he, w- I mean, it was like either be a street urchin or come aboard a ship as a cabin boy. Right. So you kind of see his face before he sees you. Yeah. Tarvik, Ziva, what on earth are you doing here? And he comes down the the walkway (laughs) and the half elf kind of stands, you know, kind of goes in front and kind of explains, you know, that, uh, you know, we we caught her. She was trying to sneak in like they caught me. But whatever. Do you say that? (laughs) Yes, I absolutely do. This is Ziva we're talking (laughs) about here. Yeah, that's true. Ziva, what are you doing here? No, look, look, I (laughs) I have a mission to deliver this. To the Storm Queen, but I did not expect to find you here. What are you? Are you working for the Storm Queen? 
I mean, I don't have any judgment on that. I'm here to bring something to her, and I don't really understand what's going on because I don't know what I'm bringing. But what are you doing here? I'm the first mate of this fleet. Whew. I guess you're moving up even further in the world from that cabin boy thing, <laughs> right? Well, it's one thing to be a first mate or a captain on a ship barely making ends meet. It's another to find a to find something you believe in and work towards. Believe in, huh? Okay. I'll buy it. Uh so what do you believe in? Do you want to see the Storm Queen? Come on up. Alright, well, thanks. Can you can you make sure they take good care of my weaponry? I'm a little bit concerned about it. Oh, don't worry. It was kind of expensive. I've I've trained them myself. Okay, I mean that's fair, but you know how much stock I would put into the weight of that rapier, and that that took a lot of time for me to find the right one. And you're the one who taught me that, so I just I don't want to have to do it again. I just Ziva, you always talk too much. Okay, I'm coming. If you're here on a mission I'm to here? give something to the Storm Queen, okay, you know what you do. What? You give it to the Storm Queen. Okay, okay, okay. So he will, uh, you know, motion you to join him, and you'll. I <laughs> go up and join. Yeah, him. yeah, and you you go aboard the ship, and um, the the group that is gathered stays there. So and and you know it, it's easy access to the ship. So if you actually tried anything, which you know they don't think you actually will, because you seem to know Tarvek, and quite honestly, well, if you tried, if he tried could probably skewer yeah, you. Like, Tarvek is the one who could just easily stop me. I'm sure. Yeah, he's not level two. He's a little bit higher. Uh-huh. <laughs> And he will take you uh, into the, the captain's quarters. Okay. And there is, unlike a normal captain's quarters, which has sort of the, there's sort of not a, not a living room, but there's sort of a, a, a space where you can lay out maps and make plans. And then there's like a sleeping bunk. There's no sleeping bunk. There's no sort of any of those amenities. It seems to be kind of a war room. But there is a, uh, there does seem to be a little uh, cushion on a pedestal uh, to one side where there is a sort of reddish brown scaled thing that seems to be curled up and sleeping. What? And uh, Tarvek will sort of point you toward, to, to put the put the chest down on the table and he he rings a, a small bell to that seems to wake this thing up and it uncurls perfect the hell are you doing so this is it looks like it looks like a dragon but in miniature like not a baby dragon but like a, just a miniature full grown dragon it's got reddish brown scales it has these horns as it yawns sleepily, you see that there are several rows of very sharp teeth, but it's it's only a little bit bigger than Grundle. Now, remember, Grundle's a really big cat, but still. Yeah. And uh, it will kind of, you know, do a, do a stretch, kind of do a cat-like thing, and, and then it will sort of sit back and look at uh, Tarvek, and, and Tarvek will, uh, will kind of give a half- bow and say apologies for waking but uh somebody sent you something 
and the dragon will just kind of look at you, cock its head to the side, and nod. Um, might I understand that I'm in the presence of the Storm Queen? You are in the presence of the Storm Queen. I have to admit, I am surprised. This is not what I was expecting. Look, you know Sylvia? <laughs> the bard? <laughs> She's really good looking. <laughs> I work for Sylvia. You're working I'm, for a thieves guild? I'm working for Sylvia these days, so... Are you working for Sylvia or are you working for Sylvia? Oh, I wish I was working <laughs> for Sylvia, but I'm not, so instead I'm just working for Sylvia. But anyway, um, I got this, uh, I'm just gonna pull out the chest and put it down on mm-hmm. the table. I, I Look, I, I don't know what's in here. Um, it seemed really important. Sylvia trusted me with this. I did not look inside of it. Um, that's what I was supposed to bring you. You feel a radiating sense of someone being very pleased with you. Okay, this seems good. Can you roll me some sort of uh, knowledge or animal handling? 17. So uh, you know that this is a pseudo-dragon. Okay. Is what they're called. Okay. They look like dragons, but they're very different. You know that the the tail, which kind of it doesn't exactly come to an end. It has sort of like a a bump before it comes to an end. You know that that's poison. Yeah, and okay. a stinger. Right. So Scary. you don't want to mess with that particularly. Right. right. Um, and you know that they communicate usually through emotions. Okay. They are psychic, like a little bit, um, but they communicate uh, mostly through sort of having others sense their emotions. And so the the pseudo-dragon will kind of will uh, look at you, look at the box, look at Tarvek, and will kind of uh, give a little shake and sort of a wiggle of its paw, which Tarvek seems to understand. And the pseudo-dragon um, hops down from its perch mm-hmm. and scurries off uh, through a hole in the floor you didn't notice. Whoa. So, uh, Sylvia. Tarvik, what on earth is going on here? Oh, don't worry about it. She's just getting the key. Fairly quickly, the pseudo-dragon comes back with a a little key ring in its mouth. And it's not just one key. There are two. They're, they're different sizes. They're different colors. And you notice that they're wet and that the pseudo-dragon seems to be wet. And the pseudo-dragon kind of you know, does the cat wet shake. Ugh. <laughs> uh, okay. Not on the maps. This has been a really weird night, I'm just going to tell you. So the pseudo-dragon will, will come up onto the table and will insert a key and will turn it with its mouth. And then Tarvek uh, opens the chest and inside it is a beautiful sort of plushy blue uh, but in the middle is actually something you recognize. The, there's a box inside the box. Oh my gosh, is it the music box? It is totally oh the, music gosh, box. the music box. It is a gold <laughs> box with rubies inlaid upon it. Oh. So Tarvek brings that box out. Uh-huh. Because she wasn't going to have you walking around with a gold box. No, no, that's fair. 
And then the pseudo dragon uh, sticks the other key into that box and Ugh. pops it open and, and Tarvek uh, opens it. And inside seems to be um, some sort of necklace and what looks like a shell that's made out of sapphires. Wow. And it makes a little tinkling music sound. Wow. And yeah, you're probably smart enough to know this. Yeah. You don't know if this was what was in the box originally. Right. But no idea. You have no idea. Yeah. But it's what's in the box now. Yes. And so the pseudo dragon will uh take the uh will take the pendant in its teeth and kind of let the uh let the silver chain trail behind it as it goes back down and through the opening. Okay. And uh Tarvek is gonna like lean on the table and like pull out his flask from his boot and offer you some. Tarvek, seriously, what is going on? Help me out here, man. I mean, how long have I known you? A long time. Ever since I first set foot on that first boat, I just realized how old I am because I'm an elf. <laughs> when I started to write that sentence in my head. You know, ever since Ever since I met you when you were, you were, you know, just a lad. <laughs> Wait a working. minute. This is not working out. Well, remember, he, he didn't necessarily teach you how to sail, but he taught you how to use the rapier, the rapier. and be roguish. Yes. So you so, probably met him. He might have been a young man or a... Right. You were like yeah. in your 20s. It's been like 30 years we've known each other. Oh, has it been that long? It has been that long. Oh man! And he kind of rubs his—he uh, rubs his beard, and he just gets this like reflective look in his eyes. And All right? Like, yeah, I, I stroke my ears contemplatively. Me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your your ears have sure grown. I mean, I just got salt, salt and pepper hair, and you got ears. Yes, they did keep growing. They did do that. Yes. Yes, they do. Or you kept them tied back or something. <laughs> I used to keep them looped behind my head. Right. <laughs> so at the cabin door, you hear a knock. And uh, Tarvet goes and he opens the door. In walks a feminine, medium-sized creature whose skin is the same color as the sea. She's wearing the pendant that you just saw the dragon escape with. Oh my gosh. And the pseudo, sorry, the pseudo dragon. And the pseudo dragon is on her shoulder. And she is, uh, she's dripping wet. And so she, she walks forward uneasily. And you, you get a better look at her in the light um, as, as Tarvet kind of goes forward to sort of help her into a chair. She has a, a large fin coming off of the middle of her head and then several fins that sort of fan out almost, you know, like you would think hair. She has uh, webbed fingers. Uh, she's dressed very simply, uh, but also, and, and her clothes seem to be a little bit ragged, but also um, wet. And so uh, Tarvek hands her a, a towel to dry off and, and she will look at you with these just emerald green eyes and grin. And she has the same kind of teeth, although not quite as imposing, as the marrow did. 
I've been having a weird night with sea-colored creatures. Are you the Storm Queen? Is that the Storm Queen? Could someone just tell me what's going on? Or, you know, or I can just grab my things and go. Like, it's fine. This, and she, she motions to the pseudo-dragon on her shoulder, is my familiar. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're the Storm Queen. Yes. That was all I was supposed to do, was bring you the boxes, right? Um, I don't know. So, look, Sylvia sent me, and that this is the end of my information at this point. So, um, if it's okay with you, I'm just gonna grab my stuff and show myself out. Tell Sylvia... Thank you. Your kindness will be remembered when we come to Sien. listening to episode 45 of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, please consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sasgeek. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes, and every new review that you leave does actually help people find the show, which makes us really happy. And thank you so much for your support. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more fantastic music, tour dates, and merchandise at kieranstrange.com or follow on Twitter for news and updates at Kieran Strange. We'll see you in two weeks for our next adventure. I'm ready, I'm waiting on the battleground. She's a rock.